InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. You might think workplace bullying is unusual until it happens to you. Fact is, bullies on the job are surprisingly common. InfoTrack's Lisa G. has the story. Lisa? Thanks, Chris. We are speaking with Shola Richards, who is the author of the book, Making Work Work. He's also the director of training at UCLA Health, the University System of Hospitals and Medical Offices based in Los Angeles. And his book is an extension of his popular blog, The Positivity Solution. Now, if anyone is going to be in a good mood, I expect it to be you. <laughs> I can count on that. Because when it comes to the workplace, there are so many people, Shola, who aren't happy. And you say in your book that it can really affect your whole life. So explain what you mean by that. Yeah, so when I think about work, and I would challenge anyone who's listening right now, if you're really dealing with a challenging work environment, usually, and I almost say almost always, it's not due to the work that they're doing that makes them unhappy. It's who they're doing the work with. And I found that this affects so many different areas around your health, your ability to show up in your relationships, your ability to live your best life, your engagement in your work, your professional outcomes. Everything seems to be affected around the ability or inability to treat each other well at work. And unfortunately, now it's causing horrible issues where about two-thirds of our work environments currently disengaged in their work. You're looking at about 65 million Americans dealing with workplace bullying about a third of Americans are dealing with chronic overwork. It's just gotten to the point where it's just not sustainable anymore. And if we don't make some serious changes, we could be in for a lot of challenges down the road. Well, you know, growing up, you used to hear adults saying, if you find something that you love to do, it won't feel like work. But what you're saying is that things have changed. They have. They've changed a lot. I mean, to the point where I see that we're really struggling to just learn how to communicate respectfully. Yeah, why do you think times have changed? Do you think it's because social media allows bullying? And so people think, well, if I could do it there, I can do it here. Lisa, you nailed it. Absolutely. I mean, we live in a society where we communicate primarily through text messaging and social media. And you can go and watch a video online and you leave horrible comments. On my blog, I remember getting a comment just recently. Some guy said, I hope you get cancer and die. Wow. <laughs> like, what? So people behind the anonymity of a computer screen can do horrible things. Now, let's think about this for a second. If that person maybe has a job, and if that toxicity is within them, then what's going to stop them from going to work and spreading that to others? So because we have this ability or inability to communicate respectfully, you see it spill out in person at work where people can't respect people or manage their emotions or communicate in a way that's useful. And I actually think it's gotten worse. That's why I'm so hell-bent on focusing on stopping this destructive trend before it gets any worse. Well, one of the topics in your book is how to deal with bullies. And you say that pretty much you strip it down. Bullies are quite the opposite, that inside they're really just cowards. Completely. And this is so counterintuitive for someone who's been on the wrong end of bullying because they seem tough and they seem really the opposite of someone who's scared. But it's fear that causes people to act in this way. And I learned as a kid from my mom, she'd always say that hurt people hurt people. And that's what they do. They don't actually know any other way to do it. And if you're in a situation where you're so scared of losing control and you feel like, you know what, I need this job so badly and 
they're going to find me out that I'm just a fraud. Oftentimes those behaviors come out as, as fear and abusiveness and intimidation and humiliation to remain in control. And this is what happens when you're scared. And unfortunately, a lot of these people are cowards, and that's why they act in this way, because they're unwilling to do the real work of leading with positivity. My thing is not to psychoanalyze them, but what I can do is provide people the tools to deal with them in a way that keeps them safe and keeps them from getting hurt at work. Our guest on InfoTrack is Shola Richards, the author of Making Work Work, the positivity solution for any work environment. Shola, could you touch on some of the tools you mentioned like how to deal with a horrible boss or a real bully of a coworker. The first step is often overlooked is to be real about the abuse that you're dealing with. Don't sugarcoat it or underestimate it or anything like that. If you're dealing with someone who's treating you horribly, intimidating you, abusing you, humiliating you, making baseless accusations against you, doing all sorts of threatening you, this is not a matter of you being too soft or too thin-skinned. You're playing a key role in this. You have to step up and say, hey, listen, I'm being abused. Call it what it is. I think the first part is just realizing that you're actually being abused. And who do you complain to? I would start with going to your human resources officials. But before we do, this is the step that a lot of people want to skip. And I highly recommend this is making sure that you have strength in numbers. Finding a friend or finding someone who you actually really respect is a huge step in this whole bringing positivity back to the workplace when you're being bullied. So if you have someone who is dealing with the same abuse that you are, because most bullies don't isolate people individually. They actually find groups of people that they can abuse because they need to feel in control. So they want more victims. Find a friend that you trust and start building a case. And that's the next thing. Start documenting. And I cannot say this enough. Real meaningful documentation changes everything. If you can establish that there's an actual pattern of incivility and bullying happening that's affecting your work, that's going to give you a case that's going to allow you to potentially win against the bully. So document dates, times. If the bully is dumb enough to send you threats via text message or email, keep every single one of them and use these as your evidence and hopefully your ammunition when you finally do report it to officials, whether it could be your human resources departments or even if you want to go above. But I would start by going to human resources first and using that as your main angle. And if you have a case that's good where you've really documented, then what that do will provide you with the tools to really give you a higher shot of doing something against this bully and getting the bully to stop. Shola, I think a lot of people are afraid to go to HR. Mm-hmm. They are. And the reason why they are is because they feel that HR is not going to do anything for them. Or worse, HR, which they'd be correct in saying, works for the company. They don't work for you in particular. The challenge, though, that a lot of people are afraid of when going in HR is that they present the challenge or the bullying information to HR in a way that doesn't benefit them. It has to be very impartial, has to be very practical. The most preponderance of evidence against this person that creates a pattern of incivility. And if your company actually has an anti-bullying policy, which thankfully some companies do, and you show how this information is in direct opposition to the policy, you're almost putting HR and the organization in a place where they have to take action if you do this correctly. The reason why people are scared is that they often see stories where "Ah, nothing changes, it only gets worse. In some cases, when the evidence is presented in a way that's not helpful, that does happen. And if you're dealing with someone who's abusive in any way at work, 
you can get a pretty strong case. I just recommend starting locally within HR. I don't want you running out and creating lawsuits all over the place, but starting there first and giving the company the opportunity to do right by you. And then if your case is strong enough, you have an opportunity to really make some change if they're unwilling to do anything about it. When you say the company should do right by you, what does that mean? Transfer you out of a department or fire that person? No, that would be one way, but I'm more talking about addressing the issue directly with the person who's causing the issue. If there's someone who is bullying someone, there has to be some sort of plan, a new expectation of behavior, consistent check-ins with said bully to be like, listen, I'm going to be checking in with your staff. I'm going to be doing interviews of your staff to see what's going on and confidential interviews so I can meet with your staff and talk with them and figure out what's going on. And depending on what I find out, we're going to have to make some decisions about the bully. I've seen this happen before with companies that have the courage to do so. And in doing so, what it does is it creates an environment for the staff to be like, wow, I actually feel reinforced. I actually feel like I can come to an environment where bullying is not going to be accepted. And the quote that I always tell people who are on the wrong end of bullying, who may be reticent to try anything, is a quote that I always keep in mind is, what we allow is what will continue. Shola Richards, author of Making Work Work, the positivity solution for any work environment. Thank you so much, Shola, and stay positive. Thank you, Lisa. You too. Have a good one. For InfoTrack, I'm Lisa G. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.